I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. I'm taking my time. All I could talk in is starting to rhyme. I'm letting go lonely, letting go of strife. I just can't get enough of this beautiful life. The Enneagram. It's a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram is a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I am a philosopher, pastor, and writer in Greeley, Colorado. And with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and man who's going to go down in the Star Wars typing throwdown today. Yeah, we'll see about that. My man, today we are coming together to yep. talk about Star Wars types. Yeah, we are. Uh, I was shocked at how infrequently we actually came together <laughs> on these. <laughs> so this is going to be a good discussion for those of you who are new to Enneagram typing. We'll talk about that in a second, but this is going to be a great exercise in looking at how to think about yourself, your own type, especially if you don't know what number you are. And so we're going to spend quite a bit of time, you know, talking about strategies for that and thinking through that using these characters as examples. But first we need to talk about Ewoks because last time I said something about the Ewoks, yeah. and you had a controversial opinion. So well, you said that Ewoks were for children. They. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's your take on, on the Ewoks? Then I'm a big fan of the Ewoks. Okay. Uh, so there's this theory that there's an age limit where if you see Star Wars before a certain age, mm-hmm. then the Ewoks remind you of your teddy bears, and you like them. Okay. If you see it after a certain age, when they do not remind you of te- your teddy bears, <laughs> then they are actually very creepy, and you do not like them. Oh, okay. And yeah. most of the people that I've talked to uh-huh. fall into one of these two camps. I'm sure it's the case when I first saw these movies that yeah. I was okay with them. But sure. n- now my Star Wars heart has grown. Yeah. There's some maturation that uh-huh. takes place. Uh-huh. And I'm looking for the angle on enjoying the Ewoks. Okay. And the best I can do is to elevate the creepy. Okay. So, for example, the Ewoks are cannibals. Well, cannibals, I I suppose cannibals are eating your own kind. Yeah. They are... They could be cannibals. We have no idea. (laughs) They're human flesh eaters. Oh, yeah, totally. They long to cook themselves some Han Solo burgers. In fact, at the end of Return of the Jedi, there's all those helmets of the stormtroopers that they're playing drums on. Yeah. They ate those guys. Yeah, of course they did. Where did they get all those helmets? (laughs) They got them off of their meals. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to elevate that side that there's yeah. like the, the creepy factor is the only thing. So you said this about Cantobite last time that if you could remove Cantobite, then Last Jedi becomes a much better movie. Yes. Absolutely. That's, an, that's, that's not only how I feel about Return of the Jedi. If you just get rid of the Ewoks, <sighs> it's the entire trilogy. That whole trilogy, I think, is affected by how everything kind of crashes down in those scenes. Oh, and I just, think you're wrong. It just can't. I love can't the Ewoks. <laughs> I love the Ewoks. There was uh, Clone Wars. This was an episode they didn't do, but they had a they had one of the Clone Wars cartoon episodes that they were going to do an Ewok who was a uh, 
assassin. Oh, like the, awesome. Which oh, would have been cool. That would have been so cool. That didn't Little happen. teddy bear assassin. I will not Ninja be surprised. Ninja bears. Is that a thing? <laughs> I feel like that's a thing. Like a game up later? I don't know. There's got to be some Ewoks that escape that planet and kind of, they did some stuff. Yeah, totally. Became part of the, you know, bounty hunter underground. Right. You wait. I With uh, seeing what uh, Filoni and the rest did in Mandalorian mm-hmm. with some of those other characters sure. who were kind of throwaway characters, and then all of a sudden, those those guys are amazing. There's something and here, For yeah. those of you who have seen episode two, you will know what I mean. Yeah. Um, they could do that with some Ewoks. Sure. Bring in, I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I'd be, I'd be fine with that. Doubt it. So, um, we're talking about characters. Yep. Who's your, who's your top Star Wars character? Top Star Wars character. I feel like I, I'm a big fan of Yoda and Chewbacca. I always, I, I'm always really drawn to the type of character that Yoda is. Like Yoda, yeah. Dumbledore, Gandalf. Yeah. Like, I'm always really drawn to these characters. The mystical so, sage. Yeah. It's going to take you from here to there. Yep. Yeah. Why, why Chewbacca? I, I just, Chewbacca's fun. Like, he's, like, you have no idea what's going on with Chewbacca. Yeah. And he's super interesting. So, there I was is, always really fascinated by Chewbacca. There's fantastic YouTubes of the original uh, filming of the original Star Wars. Yeah. Where Chewbacca has lines. Right. They And you'll know this, both with R2-D2 and with Chewbacca, the lines were so bad. They were like, let's just put some sound effects over them. Yep, perfect. <laughs> and it makes it a different movie. Yep. <laughs> so you see him talking, you're like, that's that's really bizarre. Right. Or Darth Vader talking is also really bizarre when it's not James Earl Jones. Oh, right, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's this Scottish guy <laughs> saying all the lines yeah. and not doing it very well. Uh, I saw a, a YouTube that was these... Uh, two women who watched uh, Star Wars for the first time, mm-hmm. and they were <laughs> giving the reactions like, "We've never watched this. We're Star Wars virgins. We're going to come Perfect. in." And they're yeah. giving the reaction. They loved Chewbacca. That was sure. just <laughs> that yeah. was their thing. He's just a super just interesting character. Kept through, yeah, elevating the Chewbacca. Some of the ways that his character has expanded a little bit in Solo is also really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to give Solo another shot. You really do. I gave. The Clone Wars movie, another shot, and liked it a, a lot more than when I first saw it. I was so sure. disappointed when I first watched it, which I know a lot of people were, um, but it was it was a little bit better. Yeah. My favorite character, as you know, is the Ahsoka Tano, mm-hmm. and her elevation and building up of the heart of Anakin is makes everything else work for me. Sure. It's uh, the prequels did, you know, as we've said in the past, just fairly average job on that, but. The work they do in the Clone Wars cartoons is just gold. If you give it give it some time to breathe, like the heart of Anakin is really unveiled in stellar depthy, emotionally compelling ways. Yeah, sure. And it's it's by using uh, that character, the, his uh, his student. Um, and anyway, Star Wars universe stuff. It's good yeah. stuff. Love those characters. Anyway. So are you ready to go? I'm ready, man.
we clearly are going to nerd out on some Star Wars mm-hmm. on one side. But on a secondary side, we do want to do some real work with the Enneagram and use Star Wars as a vehicle, as a right. lens for getting there. Right. Uh, we're going to be talking about typing. And typing is about putting a name to your motivations and how your motivations look very similar to other people in the world who share your type. And the big idea for the Enneagram is really there's only nine big core motivations and labeling your motivation can be really helpful in exposing the places where you're unhealthy in exposing places where you ought to go in your next steps as a person. And today we're talking about mistyping. Right. Sometimes you think my motivations sure look like this, but in actuality they are that. Right. And we are trying to type some folks from the Star Wars universe so that we can see ourselves in these characters. Mm -hmm. Because as we say frequently here, there's only one real ironclad law about typing other people. And that law is... Don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's bad news. There is something about allowing people to find themselves with the Enneagram when listening to great podcasts, when talking to people who have been doing this for four or five years at least... Um, that is that is what we recommend as the entry point. Now we're typing characters, right? So say this character was standing next to us, yeah, and we were talking to them about their motivations, yeah, and some of the things coming out of their mouth was, "Here's how I navigate these problems and issues." Mm-hmm. We might then say, "Well, have you considered this? Have you considered this? Right? Have you looked at this type? Have you looked at that type?" Right. And that's what TJ and I are going to do, since these are fictional characters, obviously. We are, we are going to do the typing for them and say this is where we think their motivations lie. Right. Any thoughts on, on the typing of these characters? Well, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about we are judging characters based on their behavior. And, and this is one of the big reasons why typing is such a bad idea with the Enneagram. It's because w- measuring another's behavior does not get at their motivation. Their motivation might be different from what their actual behavior is. And motivation is the thing we're we're actually measuring with the Enneagram. So looking at another person's behavior, this is why you don't do that, because you might mistake why they're doing the things that they're doing. And so we're trying to flesh out, like with our arguments, we're trying to figure out what the motivation behind the actions is with these characters. That's perfectly said. Yeah. Perfectly said. Um, so say it's the case that somebody listening is still trying to find their type. Mm-hmm. What's a good way to use our podcast today for for that, uh, for seeing yourself sure. through these conversations? Well, it's um, as we go through this, we're going to talk about um, the, the different lines, the different actions of these characters and, and looking for similarities of why a person does a thing. Uh, so looking for yourself in these characters, not in the in the way that they behave, but in why they're doing what they're doing. Yep. That's the thing that we want to align with. And that's the thing that we're always pointing to when we talk to people about the Enneagram is why do you do the things that you do? So looking for similarities in in not how you behave, but in why you behave with the characters that we're talking about. That is a good way to sort of start to see yourself in these people. Yeah, and not to put too fine a point on it, but why you do what you do is the most essential 
element right. of yourself. Right. If you can put a name to that, if you can see it, if you can not ex- necessarily just expose it, but if you can bring it into view and be both self-critical and self-loving in that space, that's that's big work right there. And that that is uh, that's why we do these podcasts because we think that is a place of real transformation for all of us. And obviously, TJ and I have experienced huge growth both personally and in our relationships by doing that work. Right. So, um, it is a lot easier to change your behavior when you start to understand why you behave those ways. Yeah. So, so the Enneagram is often symbolized by nine numbers in a circle, and here we pick a topic and we go around the circle. And today, the Enneagram is a tool for our favorite storytelling and looking at these characters and typing them and exposing like some of ourselves in those characters that we love so much that are on the screens in the Star Wars universe. So this is how this works. TJ and I, we picked 25 characters. We went our separate ways and we did our own typing of those characters. We came back together. We gave the types that we thought each of the characters were in our minds. Mm -hmm. And when we disagreed, we said punt, and that punt was going to be a conversation for a latter time, and that latter time has come. Right. And so now we're going to discuss um, our differences of opinions. We're going to talk through things that they say, things that they do, what is it that we see in these characters, and try and come up with the definitive. I, I mean, that's that's essentially what we're going for here. Right, it's yeah. like the official. I think the official list. Because yeah. because Lucasfilm is is paying for this and and has has established that we are the. Well, we're we're hoping that Lucasfilm will pay pay for this. Any we just we, we gotta send it to them, <laughs> get them to. Would you affirm <laughs> our? Hey, we recorded this podcast <laughs> in our basement in Colorado. <laughs> will you will you uh, put your official stamp on it, please? Apple Computer started in a garage, my friend. That's true. All right, so if you listen to our last podcast, you will know that we already kind of started the banter on one of the characters, and so we will be starting. With TJ's list, and we're going to go around the circle with TJ's list, and uh, we're going to be starting with the fours, yep. because he fell to the dark side. <laughs> and oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this discussion. And went down the road with Han Solo as a four. Han Solo is a four. I re-looked at all of the quotes. I have no idea where you're going with this. <laughs> so yes, I'm going to let you make fun. your po- your case, and uh, and then we'll, get, we'll, we'll get to it. So um, I actually came to this conclusion while I was trying to think about Yoda and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. Because I was... I was really, really uh, not settled on those two characters. I could go one of, of two ways. So I started to think about, started to break down the triads and started to go through what what these characters behave based on our previous podcasts about relationships and and some of those that other work. And the place that I came to with Han, uh, I had this sudden realization that his emotional energy is so intensely outward and like he is constantly pushing people away in a very sexual four kind of way that's that's one of the subtypes of four is called sexual fours or or one-to-one yep and they are often often mistyped as eights because their anger is so prominent 
So you're saying Han Solo is an angry character. By the way, I have Han Solo typed as an eight. Right. I don't know if I said that. Most people do. An uh, eight or a seven. Right. Eight or seven is mm-hmm. what most of the lists I saw. And so uh, when I was thinking about this and, and I came across the scene where um, Han thinks that Leia is in love with Luke. Okay. And he says, I understand. Fine. When he comes back, I won't get in the way. And there's there's this this energy in that scene is is about envy. Ooh, okay, sure. And then I I just expanded this whole idea, and I went through and I read uh, from from Beatrice Chestnut's wonderful book, The Complete Enneagram. And I flipped to the sexual four section, and there's just a couple of paragraphs that are just spot on. Sexual fours believe it's good to be the best. Most people want to present a good image to others, but sexual fours don't care very much about image management or being liked. For them, it's better to be superior. And like he gets so mad every time someone gets the the 12 parsecs wrong. This is a ship that made the castle run in 14 parsecs. 12. Like this sure. is like no. I I did it in twelve parsecs, yeah, not fourteen. Sure, sure. Like, well, that calm down, you big baby. Uh, <laughs> sexual fours are usually arrogant, despite having an underlying sense of inferiority. In the face of the pain of feeling misunderstood, an arrogant attitude is adopted as overcompensation, a means of being recognized. And he wears arrogance like he wears that vest. Yeah, like it, it and and. He, it really seems like he is overcompensating with his arrogance. Oh, sure. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So just the more and more I thought about that, he seems like an emotional person who is pushing people away because he feels like they're going to leave him anyway. Anything else on this? I have lots of things to say, (laughs) but I got to respond to something. (laughs) The, uh, I think that's a great a great case. I think uh, I think you're overthinking this. Okay. And I'm going to go with just the obvious answer on this. Hit me. Han Solo's angry. Yeah. So let's talk about his intelligence center. Okay. Uh, he is not a very shameful person in my mind. Yeah. He is in 100% anger and control. Okay. Look, your worshipfulness. Let's get one thing straight. I take orders from just one person, me. That seems like a very straightforward way of, of not only being angry, mm-hmm. but saying I'm in control and it's my way. And these are all things that I would associate with the body triad and specifically with eights. Uh, he is motivated by getting out of debt to Jabba the Hutt. This is a primary for his character in terms of motivation, mm-hmm. uh, both in New Hope and in uh, Empire Strikes Back. He needs to get out of debt because he's being controlled. General, I gotta leave. I can't stay anymore. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, there's a price on my head. If I don't pay off Jabba the Hutt, I'm a dead man. And so he's actually leaving relationships, or at least saying that he's leaving relationships, for those reasons, that he needs to gain control of his life again because he doesn't want to be hunted anymore. Um, He's routinely, angrily telling people not to control him. Never tell me the odds. Uh, Greedo comes. I'll just take your ship. Han says over my dead body he mocks those ideas that he's controlled 
Pokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. There's something about the being controlled by the Force that he actually reacts against in that first in New Hope. Um, there is a routine angry energy at those who wish to control him. So he's going to be executed by Jabba the Hutt, and he yells at C-3PO. You tell that slimy piece of worm-ridden filth to get no such pleasure from us. All anger, all control. It's an I do what I want kind of posture. Mm-hmm. And that seems to me to land him solidly in the body type. Sure. I don't think, I think it's all a show. Mm-hmm. I think it's a front. And that would be the quote, the chestnut quote. Yeah. Is that this is, this is not coming out of legitimate strength. How would that work? The, the, the real difference there. Mm-hmm. Eights would have a sense of their strength where yeah. fours are, would sexual fours would want to put forth yeah, a it's, it's, a, it's a presentation, and it's, whereas eights, their energy is about power and control, mm-hmm. but they are asserting their dominance. They don't need to tell you that they're asserting their dominance, mm-hmm. In, and, and it seems like a lot of what Han's work is, is about showing you that he, like, he wants to tell you that he's in control of his own life. Yeah. Like even the, the being in debt to Jabba, I, I don't know that I, I feel like an eight wouldn't allow themselves to be in that position. Well, where they're indebted in that way. He's in debt because he has to bail spices. He's, he's transporting drugs. Yeah. Even I get boarded sometimes. Do you think I had a choice? He has to get rid of the drugs, mm-hmm. but now he owes Jabba for the drugs he bailed because they were going to slow him down or something. That's why he's in debt. Right. So, he's But, like, an eight wouldn't get themselves into the kind of position where someone like Jabba would have that much control over them. Yeah. Let me argue the four with you for a second. Okay. Just for fun. Yeah. I think that he goes to a heart place with his, with his son. Mm-hmm. And I think he enters that heart space on the bridge longing to connect with his son in a dark spot. Yeah. And that would be a very natural move for a four. Yep. As opposed to an eight father that would come out and say, hey, get this all together. Right. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. There is a, his relationship with Leia strikes me as one where he longs for her to tell him mm-hmm. that he's worthy. Yeah. Uh, of her affection. But in this like stiff arm kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. We quoted this in in the Leia part of the podcast, but where he is pointing at himself, she's saying, you know... You're a great help to us. You're a natural leader. No, that's not it. Uh-huh. Come on. You're imagining. And it's, uh, please tell me that I'm... You know, he's trying to have her... Trying to get her to tell him that he's valuable. Right. Give me the attention. Those were the best yeah. sorts of images yeah. for me. Yep. I agree with all of that. So I think that's the best case. And of course, it falls apart when you <laughs> when you look when you look at the stance here. He does not seem like a withdrawn tor- sort to me. Really, the guy who keeps leaving, the guy who keeps okay. leaving. We'll talk about this in terms of the the two of them because I know I know it's the leave. They leave for a different reason. It's not it's not about the behavior, right? It's about right. Yeah. Um, he 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 is aggressive in how he is getting what he wants. And it seems to me that he doesn't seem to be, with the exception of the 
places that we just mentioned, withdrawing to get the attention of Leia. It seems like he's routinely aggressively interacting with the world to get control. Sure. That seems to me most of his character. And this is part of why sexual fours are so often mistyped as eights. Yep. Okay. Because yeah. um, that looks very similar. But like, like specifically thinking about that scene uh, when I brought this up earlier, when when he finds out that when he thinks that Leia is in love with Luke, his his response is not an aggressive response. Yeah, it's a it is a withdrawal. The in the midst of that, there is a lot of his Empire stuff is much more the pushing boundaries sort that I see in eights, where it's like he's really trying to find his spot by external energy. Sure. And that comes across over and over again with Leia in calling her names he knows she doesn't like. Mm-hmm. That doesn't strike me as a four-ish kind of move. Sure. To me, the... It is a sexual four move. Okay, you, you because? Because they are pushing people away in order to gain attention. Yeah. Let me quote a couple of... The, a couple of quotes that hit me on stance for him were... When he's in the detention block, uh, he shoots He shoots a microphone. Who is this? What's your operating number? Boring uh, conversation anyway. You know, it's, it's again, it's a my, I'm going to do what I want to do. Um, he says uh, when they first get into the Death Star. Well, bring them on. I prefer a straight fight to all this sneaking around. It's again, uh, just a lot of external energy aggressively taking control, mm-hmm. even if it's foolish. Mm-hmm. Um, the best one for me is when Luke is lost on Hoth and um, he gets on a Tauntaun. He's going to go out and find him. And the, you know, the guy on the side says, Your Tauntaun will freeze before you reach the first marker. Then I'll see you in hell. And, you know, and that is a my way, aggressive, I'm in control, I'll do what I want. And, and you see it with his relationship with C-3PO all over the place. With him just all anger, all don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me the odds. Kind of, don't get all mushy on me, princess. Uh, kind of language. Right. Again, all of that is also true for sexual force. So stance-wise, we can't get there. Yep. Uh, intelligence center. You think he's going to struggle with shame more than can than uh, anger? Yeah, I think he's hiding his secret shame. I think he he feels like he is nothing. Going to the coping style, both fours and eights have the same coping style, yep. which is emotional response, which right. is all over this character. Yep. We've got this, nothing there. For, yeah. for, for those who type him as a seven, this might be one of the places where we say, I'm not so, uh, this might be a reason to reject the, the seven thesis. Right, yeah. Because sevens are going to pretend like problems don't exist. Yep. Um, and this, like, Han clearly is looking for an emotional reaction in all of his conflicts. So affect. This was a quote from uh, Riso and Hudson on on eights and their affect. Eights repress their inner life, refuse to open their hearts in order to gain control. As such, eights express love through protection and power and pushing for contact. That is about as good a description of this character as I think you can find. Uh, I don't know that that's true. Do you he have the same? Expresses quote his for- love. Through, uh, <laughs> I'm not doing your research. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Expresses their love through protection. I'm not ready to die. Hey, hey, listen to me, Chewie. 
Truly, this won't help me. Hey, save your strength. It'll be another time. The princess, you have to take care of her. You hear me? Huh? I love you. I know. Um, he's routinely pushing for contact in in these relationships in terms of his banter, in terms of name calling. And again, I suppose this is at odds where uh, eights, nines, and ones want control. Twos, threes, and fours want attention. Mm-hmm. With the exception of Leia, who's he want attention from? I think anyone who will give it to him. Okay. Um, and it's, it's not necessarily um, the three subtypes, self-preservation, social, sexual, or one-to-one. Uh, the subtypes, self-preservation types are aiming their energies at protecting themselves and their immediate bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, social is all about their place in the group. And sexual is about one-on-one relationships. So this comes out with specifically Chewie when he's just with Chewie. This comes out specifically with Luke when he's just with Luke. This comes out specifically with Leia when he's just with Leia. Um, I don't know that. Oh, that's a good yeah, call. That like energy that call. is not about everyone look at me. It it's about the one person that he's focused on, and for the majority of this, of the Star Wars canon, he's focused on Leia. Yeah, I like that. As a, like, talk about real quick. Sexual subtypes are also called bonding subtypes. Right. So it's about a one to one relationship. Uh, so each type directs their energy in a particular way to myself, to the group, to one other person. Mm-hmm. And so that energy is about one-on-one relationships, and that can be with whoever I am with at that moment. Okay, so we're going to the the coin flip here. Okay. Uh, which is the sacred Enneagram by Christopher. Yep. Here it's Let's who we do it. routinely... Pull out this book because it's got a great, if you don't know your type or if you want to help other people uh, to know their type after you're real comfortable with the material, there's a great resource in the back of the Sacred Enneagram that just helps uh, show the differences between two types. And so in these conversations, we're going to be using this book as uh, a way to talk through the disagreements that we have. Interestingly enough, this was the only one I looked at. Peek at, <laughs> at, <laughs> at a time. Fours and eights. Uh, the the book says the there is a frequent the the mistyping here is rare, except for with sexual fours. Yep, that can resemble eights. Yep. So and that one's super common. Fours says the book are soft. Eights are tough. Which one's Han? <laughs> <sighs> Again, All the listeners know. Fours. <laughs> He's tough, but it's a it's a show. It's a show. Strikes me as a tough character. <laughs> I think that's what he's his function in the entire story is supposed to be that, if nothing else. It may be a show. I but think it's a show. Uh melancholic or pragmatic? I could go either way on that one. Really? Because I okay, melancholic is probably the wrong word, but he is constantly talk like he he has a very self-deprecating nature. Uh-huh. So he doesn't strike me. He he strikes me as very foolish and not very practical, actually. So, okay. Um, 
I don't know so that. So neither mel- for you? Melancholy both, just doesn't do hit neither. me at all with that <laughs> character. So, I mean, uh, pragmatic in the sense of... 17,000. Those guys must really be desperate. This could really save my neck. You know, that that kind of pragmatism, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, like, if uh, he's, he's kind of the foolish smuggler. He's a smuggler. Yeah. He's a, I mean, uh, he has some of that going on. Uh, vulnerable or strong? <laughs> I'm just going to keep laughing at these. It's all a show. It's all a show. <laughs> it's all a show. Um, indulges in fantasy, takes action. <laughs> you will note the pausing that yeah, doesn't happen in our to, Avengers podcast. <laughs> I have to go with take that, takes action. Self-loathing or self-confident? Both. It's Kessel Run, 12 parsecs. Where is he self-loathing? I'm particularly thinking about him later in life. You know what? Okay, I could see that. So Force Awakens. In Force Awakens, yeah. Yeah. He is uh what? Like he's women re- always find out. He's removed. <laughs> he is um he prefers being alone. Uh there's there's a and and he loves his dirty messed up ship. Eights couldn't like their dirty messed up ship? I don't think they would like something that's messed up. I think they would work really, really hard to make sure it is show worthy. Oh, okay. Yeah. The four in him is going to love its unique quality. It's... uh, And it's it's his. It's... it's, Yeah. Yeah. So I heard Harrison Ford talk about that with this character that that uh, Solo is a very sentimental person. Yeah. And that comes out with his relationship with the Millennium Falcon. Right. Shows up and the first thing he says is, Chewie, we're home. Yeah. Well, there there could also be a comfort, my body is in the right place now side to things going on there. Um, I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. Could be. <laughs> uh here's one for you expresses emotion represses emotion and i imagine that's a different that's not just emotion emotion that is heartfelt emotion am i wrong there i that's one of the places where the list gets real yes yeah. it doesn't work yeah i think that's right yeah. um impractical or practical both. Yeah, I mean that kind of comes back. Yeah. To the, I think that's right. We're gonna go into I'll an asteroid a, field. Yeah. I'll take a blaster any day, <laughs> and also, like flying through the asteroid field and like doing all to never tell me the odds. Like he's always yep. like, yeah, let's try it. Refined or rather coarse. <sighs> but again, sexual fours. It's like he <laughs> is intentionally. <laughs> crafting this character it's okay if you're listening to this and shaking your head at <laughs> tj trying to justify this um all right so we'll 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 make him a we'll relegate him to the same place as thor yep in our yeah. <laughs> discussion we just we couldn't i you're not willing to go there not I, willing to i'm not i i think that <laughs> yeah there's a good argument for the eight but the sexual four. This is why it's mistyped so much. You can, and also this is a this is again just like Thor. This is a great example yeah. of how we cannot decide this label for him. Yeah, there you go. 
if he was here, which he's like, he's dead now. Uh, <laughs> but if he was here, then we could have this conversation and try to point to what his motivations are and get him to come to a realization. But it, he's the only one that could decide which he is. There it is. Only you can see your motivations. Right. We have one other four to talk about on your list, which is uh, one of our quick throughs, which is K2SO. Yep. As the droid in Rogue One, right. who I think is a fantastic character. Uh, you had uh, this character as a four. I had them as a six. Yep. Uh, any, any quick thoughts on this character? My one big one is... Why does she get a blaster and I don't? <laughs> well... Uh, uh, for you would want to be unique. No, it's it's not wanting to be unique. Okay, it's a felt sense of being unique. Okay. Oh, I see. Yeah, I guess that, is and that envy. Like that. <laughs> that out? moment is one hundred percent envy. <laughs> Wait a second. Why does she get a blaster and I don't? We don't even know her. So good. Mine was it, the robot routinely strikes me as a head type that is that they are filled with fear. Uh, there's one <laughs> great banter between K2SO and Jen or so in which uh, the robot says, I see the council is sending you with us to Jeddah. Apparently so. That is a bad idea. I think so, and so does Cassin. What do I know? My specialty is just strategic analysis. And he's gone into this because he is ter- he is making sure that all the things are in place. He has studied this, but this at the forefront of their programming, I assume. Sure. Um, I mean, typing and programming is essentially the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, I'm very aware of the future threats going on for the character. Mm-hmm. That hit me. Very distrustful of Jen Erso throughout. Yeah. Yet very attached to Cassian. Sure. There seems to be a lot of reactive energy there. Uh, I'll be there for you. Cassian said I had to. <laughs> she says sure. to Jen. I thought it was funny. I got a bunch of other ones, but um, I have very a, little on yeah. this character. Yeah. It's such a good character. <laughs> you just gotta. You you need a conversion. You need to find Jesus and like the rogue one <laughs> in that order. <laughs> um, Jen shoots a robot that looks a whole lot like him, a droid that looks like yeah. him, and he goes, "Did you know that wasn't me?" Yeah, and she goes, "Of course." <laughs> you yeah. know, fear, 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 fear. All right. Well, or maybe that was a that was a an emotional moment. Okay. Yeah, I got nothing. It's, yeah, it's yeah. you don't yeah. like this character. <laughs> I just don't like Rogue One. And also, <sighs> it's hard bad. to. Well, I'll just I'll just put this as my win then. All right, that's fine. <laughs> it's tricky to assign anything other than a head type uh-huh. to the robots. Because their job is information. Like, their reason for being is information. Well, we're going to get to a one very famous droid here in a minute. That's true. It's, uh, well, I guess there's there's information, but it's more of a... He's carrying the information. We're going to have a very similar have, discussion then. <laughs> he doesn't need that. <laughs> well, so we, can, we have more to go on. Well, I guess that's true. You got uh, R2 as a head type, don't you? Yeah. I don't. I have R2 as a... Type. And then when we get to see 3PO later, oh, that's true. We're then almost we'll going it. to repeat the K2SO. Yeah, it'll be flip. So All right, we'll that's see. interesting. All right, well, we are going to mark K2SO as a six that's since fine. I'm not I, since, I, since I love me some Rogue One. Sure. 
Did you come down on, uh, on a Yoda type? I tried really hard, and I can make equal arguments for five and nine. Okay, so we can go five, seven, nine. This, and okay, so we haven't had this happen yet. Right. Where we have three possibilities. Yep. But I imagine it's the case that lots of folks uh, struggle with not a binary choice, but, you know, I, I kind of resonate with these three different types. Right. So right. what would you do if you had three different types? Right. Um, I would love to do our triads again then. Yes, I think that's a great so, idea. So starting with the Intelligence Center, is Yoda a 5'7 head type or is Yoda a 9 body type? Well, there's um, there's a lot to be said about him as a head type um, because of the wisdom represented and because of the way that he... Um, you can tell that he spends a lot of time processing data. Yeah, uh, just, just just throughout the whole uh, the whole s- series, he is he is ingesting and dealing with data. This one, a long time have I watched that observer quality in one of the most important reveals of his character. That's a, that's the first reveal of him. Uh, who he is actually right. is in that that conversation with Luke, in which he's talking about Luke, but he's unveiling who he is. Mm-hmm. A long time have I watched as right. he looked away towards the horizon, et cetera. Right. Um, his teaching of Luke seems at like a headish sort. Always beware of the dark side. Yeah. Very fearful. There's a lot of um, aware of. He may not be fearful. But he's aware of external threats. Right. Um, do nines come across that way? Like where they would really elevate, hey, he need to be- beware. So that's that's part of my big argument for nines is is that we nines see all of the other types more clearly than we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so so coming to that that sort of teaching place of being able to understand what oh, sure. everyone else is experiencing, yep. um, what they're thinking about. I personally don't struggle with fear that much, but I see it around me in the people that, that I care about. I see fear playing such a, such a prominent role yeah. often and, and want to illuminate that mm. for other people. Mm-hmm. It's like pointing to the places where people are afraid. Right. We may need to get into arrows on Yoda later. Sure. In terms of if you assume that Yoda is a very healthy character and is acting out of a lot of security. Yeah. Um, that might be real interesting on that front as well. The, um, Which I think would be wise. The, the uh, stances is the place where you and I are going to break in different ways. Mm-hmm. So both your numbers, fives and nines, are both withdrawn yep. in how they get what they want. Yeah. And aggressive types like sevens are uh, are aggressive in mm. how they get what they want. So let me make the case for aggressiveness real quick because the it seems the withdrawn is pretty obvious. Well, I mean, you can make the, the case further than just I'm going to go to Dagobah. But um, routinely, he is asserting himself in conversation. Does me by my size, do you? It's too old. Yes. Too old to begin the training. 
I'm not afraid. You will be. Try not. Do or do not. There is no try. These are very aggressive uh, ways of coming into the conversation. For my ally is the Force. There is a uh, robustness there that it feels to me like um, it's a, the outward energy um, in my mind. His mischief, uh, mischievousness, mis- mischievousness, I'm screwing that up. <laughs> mischievousness. His, his whimsical mischievousness, both in the character he's playing when Luca first arrives, mm-hmm. but then it, at times throughout, mm-hmm. it kind of elevates. That, that strikes me as an aggre- that, that aggressive side of a seven, where it's, it's the playful spirit of, of the outgoing playful spirit of the seven that comes forth. Um, there's a freedom there, uh, and it is, yeah, it's pushing in to the spaces and filling the space. If Yoda walked into the room, I imagine the energy would be aggressive and not withdrawn hmm. in how I would relate to that character. Also, I'd say, holy crap, Yoda just walked in the room. <laughs> sure, yeah. I'd fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> Thoughts on that? Uh, responding to the most recent thing. <laughs> I think that if Yoda walked into the room and you n- didn't know who Yoda was, you wouldn't notice. Yeah. Okay, that could be. And and that aggressive sort of energy, like, it doesn't matter who that person is. Like, we say this about eights, that, that you can tell when an eight comes into the room because they, their energy fills up the space. I don't think Yoda is that way. I think that Yoda has a reputation that that makes his that that informs his clout yeah they use yoda in a lot of ways where when he walks into the room he's the show so i'm thinking of the duels between he and dooku and the mm-hmm. duel between he and palpatine he walks in and he's a gunslinger right and he's there right to do some stuff but i don't think that's because of his aggressive energy i think that's because everyone knows that he's that he has power okay yeah yeah and i mean i mean power in the sense of like the force not in the sense of like the power and control of eights nines and ones right yeah anything else on him being withdrawn um i think there's there's lots of ways to point to this um the most obvious thing is that that he when he loses to palpatine he he says into exile i must go failed I have he, he goes back to his home planet and lives out the rest of his life mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of moments where he is clearly demonstrating that he needs to take time to process the information that he's just been given Oh, okay. Particularly yeah. throughout the prequels. So this would be a... Him going to Dagobah is going to be a huge part of that character in, in terms of exposing his motivations. Yeah. Because there's an obvious answer to why a seven would go to Dagobah. He's running from pain. Right. He had just every everything he cared about just collapsed. But he runs to... As a seven who, like, he's 900 years old and we assume that he's fairly mature and and healthy as as a person like uh-huh. like that that is part of who this character is when a seven retreats into that kind of space 
it is a definite unhealth move. I don't, I don't know that his retreat is healthy. I mean, he may be trying to get into a space where he can return, but he's in bad shape there at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. I I feel like his move is not a move of unhealth. It's yeah. a it's a recognition that this is the only option. Let me let me build on running from pain just as a as a place that he goes because sure. I think it's interesting. But there's a when Luke shows up in Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. and and says. Is Darth Vader my father? Yoda hears the question, Mm -hmm. turns over, and he says, Arrest thy maid. Yes. Rest. He he doesn't want to answer the question that Luke just asked him about his dad. Sure. He's going to... I'd rather die than answer that question kind of thing. I suppose nines might want to avoid that conflict. And, And it could also be that he recognizes that Luke isn't ready for the real answer. Not ready for the burger for you. Okay. So like like Luke is looking for yeah. Yoda to tell him that it's not true. Ooh, I like that. So he's spinning for the sake of Luke because he understands. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's a good move. Um future orientedness to him in my mind. There is a great dark place this line of thought will carry us. He seems to be really aware of future realities. And the, the orientation towards time with his stance might... That I would argue that that is, is more of an awareness of possibility, not necessarily actual... Like, I don't think that he's future thinking there. I think he's... That's a, a slightly more present focus of the place that we're at now might go in this direction, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that is still focused on the present. Bang. Coping style. Does he respond to not getting what he wants with optimism, like a seven or a nine, or does he uh, set aside his feelings and solve the problem logically like a five? I would put the competency group uh, like a five. At the top of that list, Ooh. I can't go to to ignoring the problem the way a seven would, but I could make an argument for ignoring the problem the way a nine would. Okay, there is. Uh, I'll make the case for the seven again. The uh, told you I did. Reckless to see when uh, Luke flies off to Bespin. Uh-huh. Uh, Obi Wan says that boy is our last hope. And no. positive spin. There is another. No, we, we still got some. We got some hope here. This, uh, this can be all right. I don't. That that doesn't feel like a spin, though. That's just an acknowledgement of reality. There is a yeah. I mean, acknowledgement of reality. But I mean, he's he's interpreting things and saying, "How am I going to overcome this problem?" Because he sees it as a problem. Sure. Um, he wasn't even going to train Luke, and now, yeah, <laughs> now he's in a spot where I suppose he's saying, "Oh, okay, let can." I want to acknowledge a little bit of an elephant in the room, though. Yeah, good. It, it, that moment is super tricky for me. Ooh. Because he's saying it as a reveal, but he's saying it to someone who already knows. Oh, sure. Okay, I see. Yeah, he's, he is a, uh, what, he's a plot. Yeah. 
Like this, um, this a is a plot device. move. <laughs> a, this is a narrative device is I think one of the big failures between the original movies and the prequels. Yeah. There you go. Um, when 900 years old, you reach look as good. You are not. Hmm? That sounds like a good <laughs> optimistic kind of banter. Sure. To impending death. Yeah. As opposed to a nihilistic kind of move. Um, and then the bi- the biggest one for me in terms of optimism ends up being uh, in Last Jedi where he shows up as a Force ghost. And, yeah. And it, that, again, that I suppose the, the whimsical side of a seven mm-hmm. comes out in full, in my mind, in those sorts of spots. Like he's, he's like joking alongside. He's laughing at Luke Skywalker. And this, was, this is where that failure line comes in. Mm-hmm. Is, this is the most important thing for you to learn right now is the greatest teacher failure is but we're gonna move you forward and a lot of i'm sure it's the case that ryan johnson's a i'm not sure but i would guess strongly that ryan johnson <laughs> is a seven yeah uh because you shouldn't type other people but right. uh there there ends up being a lot of his heart is very future focused mm-hmm. um the big lesson for last jedi is you know let the past die mm-hmm. and we're gonna move ourselves into the future sure um but uh, that comes out in the Yoda character is yeah. uh, like that's the turning point of the movie in a lot, you know, mm-hmm. large degree, and it's Yoda's future focused on that that side of things. Mm. I would assign most of that to nine optimism. Ooh, vision caster in my mind to Luke in that situation, like a seven. Uh, I would oh, still go it? nine there. A nine is bringing peace to that situation, wants to heal you up. Mm-hmm. Uh, make you feel better. Yeah, I'm gonna burn down a library and 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 help you help. His goal there is to help Luke come to terms with what Luke needs to do. The joyful, gregarious side of Yoda in that moment is all seven to me. Oh, and it's even the aggressive side of I'm gonna burn down. <laughs> it's still nine to me. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Like this sort of like. I know more than you, and I'm I'm gonna be a little bit cheeky about it, mm-hmm. but I don't. I'm not doing it to make you feel bad. Mm-hmm. Like if, like Page Turners, they were not. Mm-hmm. Like that that seems like a like a nine joke. Oh really? I see, I see to that. Me. <laughs> it's totally a <laughs> joke. Well, here's here's an interesting one. When we get to uh, affects, mm-hmm. fives, nines, and sevens are all different. Yeah. So fives are gonna repress their inner life to get what they want. Yeah. Nines are going to attach to get what they want. And sevens are going to be idealists who are frustrated when they don't get what they want. This is the play. This is another place where I see him as a frustrated character frequently, mm, especially in his I training. Don't see of Luke. that what? at all. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You know? Remember your failure at the cave. There, there is a, um, what, that initial conversation about Luke, he doesn't want he doesn't want to train Luke. He's frustrated by who he is. This isn't a, this isn't a good this isn't a good use of our time. I can see that being some other types there yeah. too. But yeah. go ahead, what do you think? Five and nine, I could go both directions, really? or I could, yeah, I could go either way with that as well. The big thing for me with him is is the withdrawal. Um, there's so much of his time that uh, of his. Like we need to think about this. Like he's he does a lot of stepping back. 
is that, say, I can see average healthy sevens that not being their pattern. Sure. I could see healthy sevens being aware that that's how it needs to get done. Mm -hmm. Both on, and I could see especially more mature sevens that are stressed out saying we need to push into really getting this ordered and secure sevens really pushing into their ability to see things like five would um, really gain detailed and not, you know, not spastic in their thinking. Right. Yeah. But there's still like, there's no part of him that seems like he is seeking out adventure. Hmm. Like this is one of the big driving points of okay. sevens is yeah. they are they're looking for more opportunity. Like they their their fears of being stuck and and even in the healthiest places, like there's there's still a lively, energetic seeking out of opportunities and adventures in healthy sevens mm-hmm. that Yoda doesn't really display. Yeah, I can see that. Um, there's some in the prequels. There's some of that. Like he's the first, you know, leader of the clone army. Around the survivors, a perimeter create. And there, I mean, whether or not we like <laughs> those, right, yeah. the those sections, something that's going on there. Uh, there is the, but that's not really a an a, like. That's not really a seeking out kind of posture. It's a it's a taking charge. Okay. Kind of posture. And what would that, uh, and how, and what type would that reflect? So, uh, in, in my argument, that's like five going to eight. Okay. Yeah. We or know nine going to three. Yeah. It's, there's, there's something to be done. Yeah. And I will step into the place and do it. Mm-hmm. The, uh, just to wrap up the affects, the, his idealism, his frustration comes out in, again, those, these kind of lines like, Control, control, you must bring control. Or even... Oh, I think that's entirely because Luke is a bad student, not because of frustration. Well, like, it sounds like, frustrated. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it, I don't deny that it's frustrated, but it's... it's um, the frustration of the Seven is about, like, because they are idealistic, because the world doesn't work the way that they expect it to, they get frustrated in being stuck. They get frustrated by those places where where they don't get the opportunities to do the things that they want to do and and as a teacher Yoda is is frustrated by Luke's hard-headedness and and his sort of childishness like it doesn't seem like he's frustrated in a seven way he seems like he's frustrated in a teacher kind of way sure i see where you're going there all right let's do this let's okay. do a typing between 5 and 9 I'll put my thumb on the scale on one of them. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and, then we'll, and then we'll do that one towards yeah. the sevens. But this is using the book again. Uh, uh, fives, says the book, are intense. Nines are soft. Ooh, both. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at, too. <laughs> yeah. Strong-minded, easygoing. Again, both. I would put him more as a strong-minded, but I can I, see the yeah. uh, argumentative or con- comforting. Comforting. Yeah, see, there's a both for me. But um, resistant or receptive? I would go receptive there. Changes his mind when Obi-Wan comes into the picture. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that, I mean, he's initially resistant, 
in the way that he's pushing, but then, okay, we'll do this. Mm -hmm. Um, Suspicious or trusting? This is, this is actually, this is a great one because um, this is part of my argument for nine is that, that fives being, being collectors and managers of data are very objective Mm -hmm. and, and I think nines are much more open to people. So like okay. like that conversation yeah. with Obi-Wan is actually a great example. Like a, a five in that scenario would probably be much more likely to say, here's the reality, here's the data. Yeah. This is why we're doing this thing. Yeah. Whereas a nine will say, This is here's the reality, here's the data. What do you think? I'm open to changing my mind. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Uh focused or diffuse? Focused. Uh, penetrating or unfocused? Penetrating. Theory or fantasy? I'm not sure I like either one of those words. <laughs> I don't either. That's good. We can skip. In, in good news, you can always skip. Yeah. Uh, particularities or generalities? Generalities. Gosh, I could go both ways on that. Let me yeah, think. Me too. Um, there's, a, there's stuff that he's saying where it's like when Luke is saying things like, Is the dark side stronger? His kind of answers are both. It's mm-hmm. like, you will know when you are calm. That's a particularity. But it's also, um, you know. What the? Is your emotion That's a generality. Right, right. <laughs> um, pessimistic, optimistic. Optimistic, for sure. Ooh, for sure. Come on. High strung, peaceful. Peaceful. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. There's, this is a very long one. So last one, detaches or spaces out. Aren't those the same thing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He wants to really emphasize detaching to Anakin in Mm -hmm. response to pain. Right. As a, um, I don't know if that's a him being unhealthy. That detaching, well, detaching for fives can be both healthy and unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah, because it's about that objectivity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't see him as a spacing out sort of character. I'm, I'm more moved by the nine. Here, mm-hmm. what do you say? I agree. Let's do sevens and nines because okay. it's the it is really the coping style for me. It's that he just straight it strikes me as a character that spins things positive. Sure, um, which I'm fine with. Bang! But then we're at, in the same place. Seven and nine. Yep. Sevens are extrovert. Well, and that's why I would. Go. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so sevens and nines are both their coping style is positive spin or positive. Uh, what am I Outlook. For? Outlook, thank you. Um, sevens are extroverted, nines are withdrawn. I would say withdrawn. I'm I'm in the middle there. Um, exaggerated or balanced? Balanced. Yeah, that's probably right. Seeks stimulation, seeks peace. Peace. Goes to Dagobah because he wants to be stimulated by all the life that's there. <laughs> that's that's a ridiculous <laughs> argument. <laughs> Hyperactive or passive? Passive. He strikes me as having a hyperactive side, but that comes out in his whimsy to me. Um, oh, I would. My argument about his whimsy, okay, is that he's he's a playing a role. Well, not always, but in in a lot of his sort of silliness, okay. Like I think at the beginning of that, like when we meet Yoda, yeah, he's playing a role to in order to put. Luke off guard. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, 
it is playing a role. I think there's something he's like digging into some of himself there, though. That that character that face that he puts forward to Luke at the very beginning, mm-hmm. real similar in nature to, and again, it's Ryan Johnson's Yoda, but mm-hmm. the those two characters strike me as part of. There's something in Yoda that he's pulling from. There's a silliness there, but it doesn't seem like an entertainer. Okay, like a lot of the a yeah. lot of that kind of energy from Sevens yeah. is about being an entertainer. Yeah. Oh, that's I, I think that's worthwhile. Uh, euphoric or contented? Contented. Yeah. Involved or unresponsive? I'm not sure how to answer that. Like, what is? What does that even? He doesn't mean strike involved? me as un. un <laughs> he doesn't strike me as an unresponsive kind of character. He's he's overseeing some major government positions, but I I mean I can name all sorts of nines I suppose that have. Lots of responsibility. Well, and he's also unresponsive. So <sighs> unresponsive in the sense of not showing all of his cards. Mm-hmm. If that's what that means, but I don't. I don't know how to answer that one. That might just be a bad pairing. Yeah, here's a good one for you: self-centered versus other-centered. Other-centered. Yeah. And I think I think that's a that's a trump card right there, assertive versus compliant. I would strongly argue for compliant. Yeah, I do think he's reacting a yeah. lot to the yep. energy around him. Yep. He compliments uh, Mace Windu throughout yeah. the, those yep. first movies. Yep. Uh, loves variety, loves routine. It seems like he loves routine. And I, I think that's right. That I think that you would want that character to be the sort that loves routine, mm-hmm. even if you don't get to see that on film. Yep. All right, bang. TJ is the winner. Yes. <laughs> um, so we're going to mark down Yoda for, as For him a as a nine. Nine. Um, one other character that was kind of on the bubble, I think, or did you say Boba Fett as an eight? I have, think I had him as a four. Oh, that's what it was. It was as a with four. Very little justification for it. Okay. Make this could be a quick through. Yep. Uh, but moving to the Boba Fett. Since such a fan favorite. Like this character was just kind of a total side character, and right. then people freaked out on the liking this character. Right, so yeah. they Create a planet, and they created yeah. clones, and they created Mandalore. It's and a whole thing. <laughs> this whole uh, new show is based on just. I heard uh, someone say all the lines of Boba Fett can fit can fit into a tweet. Yeah, sure. Yep. <laughs> and I actually have them on paper right here. Perfect. As you wish. He's no good to me dead. But if he doesn't survive, he's worth a lot to me. Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. Done. That's it. That's the <laughs> whole thing. Strikes me. I have Boba Fett as a five, and it's primarily because he strikes me as a character that is shown over and again as an observer. And just that fundamental, mm. this is what you're motivated by. You're sure. observing, analyzing in order to feel safe and protected. Yeah. Um, there is one scene where he's the only one who's able to figure out where the Millennium Falcon is hiding mm-hmm. after the chase through the atmo- asteroid field. Yeah. Strikes me as they're trying to show you that Boba Fett is really effective at being a sleuth, mm-hmm. you know, yep. figure out all the pieces. And um, 
He's the only one that tracks a load of Besman. Withdraws like a four. But also a five. And also a five. Yeah. So um, could be a nine. Kind of the easygoing side to him. He has too much uh, aggressive energy to be a nine. Uh, okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, well, there does seem to be a detachment from caring about the feelings of other people yeah. that would go alongside the five side of things. Yep. I'm not sure that he wants a lot of attention for his inner life. My whole argument for him being a four is based on him being the only unaltered clone. Yeah. And him, uh, sure. like, like it, it's 100% that he is the only one of his kind. Yeah. And then. Yep. Which, as it turns out, is very thin. <laughs> you like my, my argument here? I do, yeah. Uh, one last thing. He seems real frugal with his spaceship. His sure. uh, Slave One is... look. I mean, he's the doppelganger of Han Solo. And right. He's, you know, Millennium Falcon and Slave One both are these beat-up, crusty, used universe spaceships, but he seems like he's frugal. Yep. Um the best line, and this is what sells this character, is when Vader looks at him, points him in, at his face, and says, "No disintegration." <laughs> it's like this is this person is actually a significant threat, right? With power that needs to get held back, right? I don't know what that says about his type, but I, <laughs> I think it's it's an awesome building of character, yeah. Show don't tell kind of thing going on there, yeah. One of those things that like. Once you see it in The Mandalorian, you're like, oh, that's why this character yeah. has so much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there, okay. Are you saying there might be some disintegrations in upcoming I don't want to reveal TV anything. <laughs> I think what, what little we know about Boba Fett <laughs> set the stage when, for a lot to be shown in I, The Mandalorian. I, I don't stand up very often mm -hmm. with enthusiasm aside from football games or yeah. something, but there may have been a character that disintegrated and I, I had <laughs> launched from my chair. Sure. It's like, yeah, they're doing this. Uh, all right. So we got some Boba Fett as a five. I got, uh, we got no sixes that we disagreed on. Right. Well, uh, I have C3PO as a six, but this is your list. Right. So you got no sixes, which brings us around to the sevens. We got no sixes to discuss. You had Padme as a seven, and I love that idea. I had not thought of her as a seven. Mm. The idealism that was there moved me immediately to one, and sure. I just kind of sat with one. I was like, well, of course, she's Leia's mom, and they're trying to create a similar character. Sure. That's kind of what I initially went with, but uh, I love the idea that she's a seven. So um, let's make the, make the point. Or make the uh, the arguments here. Uh, intelligence center. You would say she's a head type, and yep. I'm saying she's a body type. Right. Just on the face of it, I'm more inclined to think, no, she does actually seem like she's taking the world in through her head. I don't mm -hmm. have any quotes on that, but Same. that would be my intuition. Almost all of her dialogue is uh, terrible. So <laughs> <laughs> When she is on uh, tattooing with Qui-Gon, she's real skeptical. And I don't know that she exhibits a lot of fear, but she does seem to be real critical of what he's doing. Right. So, and I suppose that could be coming from a place like a seven would. 
you're going to think through this, but it's also obviously ones are going to have their critical judgmental side. Mm-hmm. So, well, there's a um, her there's there's an aggressiveness there, like that seems to to inform how she's behaving more than like head or body type. Like it, it's it's it, if she was legitimately a handmaiden. Mm-hmm. and interacting like she would never interact with a Jedi master in that way. Yeah. Right. Um, she comes across as way more confident and, and there's, there's just, there's an aggressiveness to her. Yeah. That like, at, if she was a one, I think she would be much more likely to be playing the role. Oh, I see. Yeah. Because oh, she doesn't want to get caught. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's a good, that's a good claim. On the flip side, when you get to stance, this was more where her oneness came out for me. Is she's well on body type. She's a, seems to be an action oriented character. Yes, she's gonna do something. Yep. I was not elected to watch my people suffer and die while you discuss this invasion in a committee. Action oriented. Um, she also has a very reactive posture when it comes to Anakin. Mm-hmm. When she finds out she's pregnant, it's it's entirely questions that she's feeding Anakin. Sure. What are we gonna do? And so it's kind of a both end on not a both end. What would you call, there? There's the reactive side to ones, mm-hmm. and there's the action oriented side to ones. Right. Well, the the action oriented like this is also part of the seven aggression. Is that they that they're going to do the things that they want to do. Yeah, so if she is a seven, then that's how that would go. What would a seven be as skeptical, not skeptical, um, uncertain about how to navigate her pregnancy and what what to do with him, what to do with her future? That's a spot that gets a little tricky, but I, I, I think that an argument can be made for, like, this is a place where her fear is being exposed Mm -hmm. in a big way. Um, is that is like it is technically it's quote unquote illegal for a Jedi to be married and to have children, and not only are they married, but they're going to have children, and this is a really big deal for their future. Yeah, what are we going to do? Is not about how do we handle this situation. It's about what's going to happen when people find out what what this is. And like it, it seems it, it very much fear about the future. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, her coping style seems to me less of a positive outlook coping style. She seems like she's more of a shut down my emotions. Let's think through this competency coping style. Um, tries to reason with Anakin when when he goes off to the dark side. It's almost like she wants to to have a discussion as opposed to. I don't know what a seven would do in that situation. What does a seven do? Your 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 lover turns to the dark side. Essentially, you run away from them. <laughs> <laughs> Which she doesn't like, do. Well, she chases after him. Well, but she chases after him to find out if it's true. Okay. And then says, You're going down a path I can't follow. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. Oh, I like and that. And tries to run yeah. away from him. Yeah, yeah. There's so much about her, like... Like, she's married to Anakin uh-huh. as he is continually taking baby steps towards the dark side. Yeah, okay. And then when when Obi-Wan comes to her and says, 
I saw this happen. I have seen a, a security hologram. She couldn't believe it. Because she's like been she, she denying is, it? She has been ignoring this problem oh, for so long. That's the positive outlook. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Well, he's, I mean, in this maybe some bad storytelling here. Uh, no, come on. <laughs> they're not really showing his turn to the dark side. Right. Very cleanly by the way. This is why the Clone Wars are incredible. Well, they do such a good job of showing Anakin's <laughs> turn to the dark side. Um, cuz it's all over that character in the cartoons. Um, the uh I like I like that in terms of uh coping style. Right. Um, affect she's idealistic about her well, I guess one that seven gives us both. Mind. Yeah, we have don't, nothing don't, to say about effect. <laughs> so she, both ones and sevens, are idealistic in mm-hmm. their um, how they get things in the world. Um, my place is with my people. I will not condone a course of action that leads to war. I can't follow you down this path. Um, there's an optimism th- about the the republic. Like she has, she has yeah. so much faith in the republic. This is how liberty dies. Right. Is yeah comes out of that place of idealism yeah. and frustration. There's one scene, I don't know if this is in the uh, movie or if it was in the scenes they released that were extras, but there's one scene where she's talking idealistically about the baby room that she's going to have back mm. on Naboo. I don't um, that's, anyway, they're that kind of future dreamy, this is how things could be. Um, Right-wrong language comes out Potentially, when Obi-Wan comes to her, Anakin's turned to the dark side. Mm-hmm. She immediately says, You're wrong. How could you even say that? But How does that come out incorrect. with the is- Like she, She's saying, she's not saying, like it, it's not a value judgment. It's like she's saying that you're incorrect. Oh, it's more like a, an emotional outburst or you're, you're interpreting things wrong? Expand what you mean by this being a representation of right-wrong language. She's she's making a claim. When when Obi-Wan comes, says that Anakin's turned to the dark side, mm-hmm. she says, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, this feels more like a two-ish kind of thing to me, where it's like things aren't going the way you wanted them to, and you're just going to create a new reality. I suppose that could be a positive outlook. Yeah, there it is. It's the uh, That's what it is. It's yeah. the... Uh, coping style it's it's ignoring the problem yeah. yeah the other thing i had and this is why seven makes sense when she gets stressed out she's gonna fix the problem herself she flies off by herself to go after anakin right but she's in stress right and so she would reflect a a one in that because mm-hmm. ones often will want to do things themselves to fix right. the problems themselves yeah. seven's doing that you see that in how sevens uh, sevens in stress, wanting to fix the thing themselves, and it, very much wanting to do something. It's like there there yeah. is a one ishness there, but ones in stress move much more towards that that sort of melancholy of four, uh, yeah. like like feeling like they're alone in the world. Sevens bring that that aggressive energy and that like like constantly doing something moves to a like when it goes to stress in the one it's we have to do something to make this situation right yeah yeah and she does that over and over again yeah that's a that's a good call i again i had never i just didn't even think about her as a seven but i'm convinced 
Cool. Um, Good. So we'll put Padme as a seven. We're going to be continuing this conversation in the next podcast. If you want to find us on Twitter or Instagram, we are at Around the Circle Podcast. We would love to hear from you, your thoughts, your quibbles, your own typing of this list. He's CJ Wilson. He's officially awesome. I'm Jeff Cook, and we'll see you next time. Bye.